It took us a while to get to this point, but we're finally enjoying our lodge. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast January the 10th, 2013. The focus today is on our sort of quick analysis of how well the lodge is performing, looking at several factors. Um, we've had several months' use of it now, um, right. beginning back in the summer of 2012. When it really wasn't ready for prime time, but we needed to because um, Adrian, our announcer, stayed with us for a while and lived up there, and she put up with it when it wasn't quite ready for prime time. That's right. We were still working on it, but it was basically finished. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the, the hard part was already done. And we still have some little tweaks and things that need to be done. Uh, it's not... Even some of the inside, or I guess some of the structure that we'll be using for entertaining is still not finished, but we were able to do a very nice job of entertaining in spite of that um, over the past few weeks. It was very pleasant. Um, And so we decided, okay, we've got enough experience. Let's go ahead and venture a brief report on how it's doing, Uh, looking at it first for large gatherings. Yeah, let's, and and we actually, initiated that with your extended family coming to celebrate uh, Christmas. Roughly 30 people. Right. And it was slightly after Christmas, but it worked great. We had plenty of room as we thought we would inside. Um, It was the kind of day that people could, especially the kids, could enjoy playing outside Mm -hmm. and using the pavilion and the screened-in porch area. And they did. They went out there. Yeah, we really had more Mm -hmm. traffic on the small screened-in porch on the southwest corner of the lodge than we did out on the pavilion. I guess because the confined space was a little better for the the smaller children. And I've I've found that to be true, too. When Smith, our grandson, is here, he he likes to play out there a lot. And it articulates directly with the playroom. It's almost like an extension of the playroom. And uh, so you can help visualize this. This is a 12 by 25... Uh, foot screened porch on that's on the southwest corner of the lodge and it articulates with a 12 by 25 playroom enclosed and air-conditioned uh, that's on the north the northwest corner of the lodge. Of course we weren't running we're not running air conditioning that day but, uh, yeah, but you're which right. Which is it's, a it's, subject for a little later on here but we yeah. will get into how the the energy management process is going. But I think suffice it to say that we're learning how people will like to use this space. You know, what, maybe we're a little surprised by the fact that that little porch gets a lot, yeah, of, I was. a lot of action. I sort of thought that the main gathering place and the action would be out on the big porch, but uh, I think the little ones and their parents appreciated the, the smaller space on that back porch. Mm-hmm. Um, we had lots of, every, lots of room for everybody, all 30, to gather in one room that was heated with the wood stove, and that worked out real well. Oh, it felt great, I know, and, I, and nobody was, I mean, you know, you, we have a heat pump, we could use it, but we really didn't need to that day. No, and again, we'll get to this in a moment, but uh, the news is all good on that. I guess the big surprise for us was the two 13-year-old uh, cousins hanging out together 
with the outdoor fireplace. They yeah. really <laughs> seem to warm up, literally, to yes. the um, outdoor fireplace and blew through an awful lot of firewood. <laughs> but hey, it kept them entertained. You it know? did. <laughs> they loved it. Um, and we made fun of them. They looked like two old men sitting out by the fire. <laughs> but that was something. And of course, we do, once I get some furniture out there, around that fireplace, I think it would be a fun place for just a small group to sit and Yeah, we were careful enjoy. about how we positioned the fireplace. It's sheltered from the northwest wind, and I think it will be a, a comfortable place to gather. I do, too. Um, and then another type of um, entertaining that we've done is overnight. We've had several groups of people stay, well, small groups of people stay overnight. That's right. But we haven't had any large groups stay no. overnight and probably will not have large well, groups stay overnight. The largest overnight. probably was back in August when our children were all here with True. us. Yeah. So, um, but we've had several groups so far so good. The um, They seem to be uh, sleep well at night. The bedrooms and the bathrooms are ample sizes. Um, I still need to put blinds in the windows because, I mean, we're out in the country, but I'm thinking... Most people would be a little inhibited about sleeping in a room with no blinds. Yeah, that's, in the a, that's an interesting question about perception. You and I know that there is no one to look in those windows, but people who have lived in the city are just not accustomed to that. Right. So they're going to want blinds whether they need them or not. That's so right. And we, this time of the year, there's really not anybody out there, but I'm envisioning in the summertime when the days are long, there may be some people who sit around and you know, go out in the garden or something at night and while other people are trying to, or in their bedroom. So, or hang out by the fire pit. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, we, there's a legitimate need and that is something we'll address. But let's talk a little bit about um, how we've managed the energy, the use of energy up at the, at the lodge. Here, the news is almost all good. Um, the, but let's go ahead and get the bad part out of the way for me um, at the beginning. We had a lot of conversation leading up to the equipping of the lodge about turning off the refrigerator up there when the lodge was not in use. Right. You yeah. told me that won't work. I said, oh, yes, it will. You were wrong. I was right. I mean, you were right. I was wrong. Thank you. <laughs> the, it just hasn't worked. We haven't ended up turning the refrigerator off once, and I now suspect we never will. It's, yeah. it's going to continue because we've got things that are in the freezer and things that are in the refrigerator and it's a handy overflow for what's going on down here plus your life is busy and hectic enough you and I both acknowledge that if we had to turn that refrigerator off and then turn it back on it would mean a lot of extra work for you schlepping yeah. stuff up yeah. and down the hill and I think part of the beauty of what we're able to do is if someone drops in or somebody says, I can come this evening. I don't have to go, oh, the refrigerator's not on. You know, we want to be able to offer hospitality um, on the spot, so to speak. And, and we can do that. We've, it's freeing. Um, and I don't know what the energy consumption is on that refrigerator. It's an energy star. Hopefully not too bad. Well, I, I haven't uh, hooked it up to the kilowatt, but I can tell from looking at the daily consumption, something like 30 to 40 cents a day mm -hmm. of extra cost. Not bad. Not, really not terrible. Yeah. Well, I won't say the refrigerator only. All of the systems in the lodge, when mm -hmm. we're not using it, are adding between 30 and 40 right. cents a day. So, again, not And not most bad. of that's the refrigerator. Yeah. Um, but so we've, we've solved that dilemma anyway. And um, we think that um, the heat pump, 
we don't really have to use it that much. But when it does work, it's it's energy efficient. But it's just that the most energy efficient way of all is to not have to turn it on. You bet. You know, the jury's still out on a bitter cold night. Would we haven't we need had that. to use yeah. the heat pump on yeah. a bitter cold night? And perhaps. But remember that here in central Alabama, at least, if it's going to be bitter cold tonight, it's sunny today. And that's an ideal situation for the performance of the lodge and the barn, for that matter, because you make the most use of that sun to, to heat it up during the day. And if we stay ahead of it with the wood stove and on a bitter cold night, probably keep the stove going all night. Yeah. Um, I suspect we could get by without the heat pump. Now, that takes a little vigilance on the part of the people who are staying up there or on <laughs> my part to run up there in the middle of the night and feed the fire, which I really would rather not do. Yeah, I don't want you to have to um, do that. But it, it can be done, and so that, that's basically all good news. I thought that on a typical winter day we would need to supplement the wood stove with the heat pump, particularly for the benefit of those north bedrooms. But what we've learned is the heat pump, uh, the wood stove does a remarkably good job of pushing warm air into those bedrooms. A lot, as long as the doors are open. I guess if as you had somebody who needed to have the doors shut a lot, then they may not get enough warmth. But Well, if uh, you if it's important to you to have a closed door, then maybe it's not important to you to be warm. Well, you know, that, it could be a small child or something. We can certainly cross that bridge when we come to that's it. That's right. But um, but anyway, it's now one thing we have noticed is that some of our our light switches are not the most intuitive. So it's very easy to walk out of there and leave lights on at the outside yeah, lights, especially. And that fan on the back porch, it's easy to go off because it, it's the placement of the switches is not as intuitive as it should be and as a result it's hard to figure out okay this must go to the fan um, and this must go to the home entertainment system and so forth mm -hmm. um, so I don't know whether we'll try to rearrange that or label the switches or what but right now we've had several occasions when we went off and mistakenly left lights on or mistakenly left a fan on but um, we just go up. The fan, it's hard to see at night. But if we see a light, usually we go up and turn it off. So right. it's no, it's not a big deal. And we will learn. I mean, we're just fairly new at this still. And one of the things that I want us to do that may help with that is to go ahead. I mean, obviously, we've got some infrastructure changes that need to take place pretty soon here. But when those infrastructure changes are complete, I want us to use some of those solar um, ground lights to mark the driveway so that you can easily walk from the lodge down to the barn. Several right. times you've left lights on all night in the lodge just so you could see to walk down to the barn. Well, the main reason was when I didn't have uh, a flashlight, my iPhone was missing in action and um, I didn't have a way to light my path. I thought, well, it's dark and I got to see how to get down there. Yeah. So, but you're right that I think that's um, we we own a bunch of these little solar footlights. We might as well use them. You bet. But uh, and we'll talk a little bit about why we haven't set them out yet. And in, in fact, probably it's a good time to to forge ahead, which is to talk about what is yet uh, left to be done. Well, I was going to mention the about the air conditioning in the summertime. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, we. I personally believe the lodge it performs well in the summertime, so well that uh, human beings could be quite comfortable in it without air conditioning. 
Um, it's as we have already noted, it's much more comfortable than the barn that in the is. summertime. Yeah, it is because you know as we've talked about, we tweaked that design, made it a little different from the one here in the barn, and made it harder to keep warm in the wintertime and easier to keep cool in the summertime. And it worked on both fronts. Yeah. You know, it is both those yeah. things. Right. Um, so I think you could be comfortable in it in the heat of the summer, but our guests tend to be those who come from air-conditioned living, and they tend to think they need the air conditioning in order to sleep well and so forth. So at least here in the short run, while we're primarily entertaining people who are accustomed to air conditioning, we'll probably end up using the heat pump in the summertime when people are staying there. But we don't ever need to use it when nobody is staying there. No. And as I said, every now and then I'll go in and if it feels a little bit damp or humid, I'll turn it on for a few minutes just to get the dampness out of the air. doesn't take long. Yeah. And then turn it back off. So. And every uh, time we use that heat pump, it talks to me the next morning on my power consumption. You know, I'm able to tell, whoa, uh, we, we know when we've used the heat pump. Yeah. Um, it's a little more energy consumption from the heat pump up there than there is even from using the dryer, hmm. which is, and the dryer's a honker. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, future plans. We've, we've already mentioned that we want to put blinds up in the bedrooms. Um, we do have some, as I mentioned earlier, like our outdoor um, wet bar kind of area needs to be finished. Uh, we have some and I've got some nips and tucks that I need to make to the home theater equipment. We've got yeah. a little gizmo that allows you to operate with the doors closed. And it was designed, the, the whole system is designed to operate with those equipment doors closed. And you talk to the equipment with a little device that transmits the signal to them. And I have not yet installed that little gizmo. And as a result, whenever we're watching TV now, we have to open the door so we can yeah. communicate with the equipment. But that will soon stop because we'll have that um, gizmo hooked up and be able to um, use a remote control even with the doors closed. That'll make a difference. Once we're confident that all of that is working smoothly, then the last item on the list is to purchase a universal remote. Mm -hmm. that we hope will be simple and intuitive so that our so that not only you and I but our guests even will be able to operate it easily that would be, be nice to, and you know turn on a TV and play a DVD and that sort of thing and one thing that we should probably mention at this point is that one of the reasons we'd like to be able to have that technology working is that we see it as one of our missions to um, content to help with education horticultural education, best practices, and we can um, we have the facility to host a large group now to be able to show a PowerPoint or uh, a video, of s some instructional video um, or whatever, and this is enabling us to do that in a way we haven't been able to before now. So um, it's, it's gratifying to know that we have um, a way to Yes, take people on tours of the farm, but let's face it, a lot of times with a workshop or something, you also need an indoor or a sheltered space, mm -hmm. and as I said, also uh, the ability to use technology, and we have that now. Yeah, that's um, we're talking seriously to some friends of ours who want to bring a sort of a grafting workshop here, and 
trying to think that through, but we think we can make We'd it be work. able to do it. Right, I think now. So, um, and then but the of course, biggie is that landscape. Yeah, the 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 big project still left to be done is landscaping around the lodge, and it's not just immediately around it. It's actually there's a whole our whole little complex, our central campus or core campus will be involved in it. The, the driveway, um, the driveway down to the barn, um, land shaping, and and our big challenge is erosion control. That's one of our I big challenges. I would say the two big challenges I'm aware of: erosion control for sure is one, and the other is uh, control of the dirt. I mean, you have made it really clear to me that we need to do whatever we can to limit the tracking of dirt into the lodge. Yeah. And we understand we're on a farm and people are going to go out and get muddy. It's not about that. It's about you just being able to park near, like on an average day when it's just somebody coming to see you, park somewhere that when they walk in, they don't have to tramp through mud. or And don't have to take their shoes off when they yeah, come inside. Yeah, so, you know, we'd like to keep it, make it so that it's a little more user-friendly in that respect. Um, but the as far as the erosion around the um, area... Of course, being a master gardener, I want to be able to plant things there. And and my goal is to say, first of all, let's make sure that it, it is a way to control the erosion. And um, we've got a guy who's going to help us do the earth moving. He's got some ideas about how to channel and, you know, harvest rainwater and that kind of thing um, from, the, from the gutters, from the roof. But also... Um, to make that landscape as sustainable as possible, um, preferably an edible landscape to a large extent. And you are um, in the midst of a landscape training course, um, I guess a series of a ser- courses. I was going to really. say, I'm in the middle of a series. I've completed one, and hopefully there'll be another one in the spring that I can attend. Um, but I don't want to jump into um, just planting anything out there until I, I want to have the comprehensive plan before we get started. And if it takes several years to develop it, fine. Uh, there are ways we can hold the soil just in the meantime to sort of either it might be some sort of ryegrass, it might be just putting in um, beds that are covered with pine straw. Um, Rodney's mentioned some terracing we might want to do um, just to keep it stabilized. And then we take our time planting. And the other challenge we haven't mentioned is that the soil is awful up there. It's it's going to have to have some amendment before it grows much of anything. <laughs> yep, I so, think you're right. It's yeah. pretty sandy and yeah. it's a lot of clay because we had to build up that site for the building. That's and right. as a result, there's a lot of clay to up level there. it up. So so we'll stay. We'll keep you in tune about that because that is something that um, will have some horticultural interest and um, at the same time will make the whole place more inviting, we hope, over the years for people to come visit. Well, we're out of time and we need to move on. Uh, Thank you for your interest and we will look forward to visiting with you next week. Take care. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446. Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.